0: My topic today is two topics, both occurring at one decisive end of our body. And the topic today is peeing and pooping. Peeing and pooping are very important. Imagine if you couldn't pee for a day. I've seen people who can't, and it's rough. And so, peeing is a very big deal for us. And not peeing can be very painful, very dangerous. Pooping, also, going several days without it, mm We know what that's like, especially when we have Parkinson's. We know about constipation. So, peeing and pooping, what can we do about them? Well, let's talk about peeing first. The issue that comes up more, most commonly is the problem with incontinence. Incontinence, of course, is the leakage of urine when socially you wouldn't want that to happen. And it occurs under two particular circumstances. One that's called stress incontinence. That means if you sneeze or laugh hard, you leak urine. And the other is urge incontinence, which is as you feel the need to urinate, the sensations of pressure in your bladder build up very fast. And you may reach the point that you're unable to get to a toilet in time to discharge your urine. Now, stress incontinence is vastly more common in women than men, simply because women have babies. And it stretches out a lot of the muscles down there, and it leaves women in a very compromised position anatomically. The subject that I really want to address, though, is not stress incontinence. It is the urge incontinence. There are some medicines that can be taken, and I have to confess that I had a lot of urge incontinence over the last couple of years, and I finally talked to a urologist, and he gave me a medicine, and it worked. And so I did take it. it wasn't for Parkinson's. It didn't treat dopamine, but it, it helped me not uh, lose control of my urine. called Mirbatrek. And again, terribly expensive. And then I said, what am I doing by doing this? I'm the guy that says we need to rewire our brains. Well, I studied up and realized that the most important thing we can do is a Kegel exercise. Now, some of you are familiar with Kegels, but I'm going to assume that you're not so it gets started. Kegel exercises were devised a long time ago, I think as early as the 40s, for, and it started out mostly with women who uh, were leaking urine, and they uh, trained them to contract the muscles around the vaginal opening, around the area down there called the perineum, contract them and hold them real tight, and maybe for four or five seconds, and then repeat that. And the original research was done where they put actually a little pressure balloon within the vagina. And when, as a woman would contract the vaginal walls and all those muscles down there, the uh, pressure would rise. And in fact, making those muscles stronger did help in stopping incontinence. A side effect of Kegel exercising was also very interesting, and they found this out in the 60s to 70s, and was included in sex therapy, was that women who did a lot of Kegel exercising found that it enhanced their ability to experience sexual pleasure and orgasm. And so teaching women to Kegel was a step in the process of sex therapy as well. Now, I'll be very anatomical here with you. Uh, women, uh, if you will, when you're in a private place, insert your fingers into the opening of your vagina, and maybe enough to about the second knuckle, and then tighten it as if you're trying to tighten your vagina as tight as possible to not let anything in or out. And that is the feeling of the kegel. You want to pinch it, and you want to pinch it harder and longer and after you've done this you don't have to do that anymore but what it does it shows you in reality what the experience is like and men likewise when you are at a place where you are are private you can reach down and place your fingers at the very base of the penis where the shaft bends and enters the body that's about an inch or two in front of the anus And if you press in that depression there and then tighten down real tightly, you can feel those muscles toughen up. So that's what kegeling is. Kegeling is exercising the muscles that constrict the opening from the perineum. The perineum is that part of the body that holds sexual organs and uh, also the, the GI colon and so on. What I found was that when I got going on doing my Kegels, that the problem with urge incontinence is the urge starts in building, and as it builds, you get your brain starts programming, saying, "Oh, oh, I gotta go," and the closer you get to being able to discharge your urine, the harder the urge comes, and finally you'll reach the point that it, in fact, the urge becomes stronger and overcomes the resistance, and you are incontinent. Well. What you can do then is, if you do your Kegels fa- fa- faithfully, and make the muscle stronger, and I say Kegel four or five, six times a day, do it five or ten times in a row. Nobody will know. In fact, it's your secret. You can be Kegling and talking on the phone, and you can keggle in church. You can keggle almost anywhere. So go on ahead and make that a practice, because you're going to strengthen with practice, like any kind of weight lifting, any kind of muscle training. The muscle becomes stronger. And it means that as the bladder starts contracting to force urine out, the resistance put up by the muscles in the perineum is greater and will not allow the leakage of urine. And there are some practical ways that you can enhance this. Say you feel the urge building. And of course, as you get closer to the toilet, it, it builds more and more, but you've been doing your kegels. Walk slower as you approach the toilet. When you reach the toilet, Stand before it for 20 seconds, 30 seconds with your best Kegel and you say, I have mastered my urge incontinence. From that point forward, you will have rewired your brain as far as it works with your urinary tract and you will no longer suffer from urge incontinence and you will not require medications from your urologist of course i always have to give the standard caveat if you're having problems like that this is not a diagnostic talk i'm telling you what you could do what will help if you have any questions please do see your md and don't take my word as being gospel as far as your diagnosis goes i don't diagnose i just offer you my experience and my understanding as a physician okay we get on to pooping we now know lewy bodies these uh, cells with all kinds of alpha-synuclein clogged up in them are found throughout our gi tract which is why so many of us have constipation as one of the earliest evidences of the disease and usually we don't know it has to do with parkinson's until after the motor symptoms come up and we uh, get diagnosed and then read and find out that constipation is an early sign. I'm going to give you what I think is the most reasonable uh, way to go, but I will say that uh, nutrition therapists and people like that, people that are natural foods, certainly have a great deal to offer. And I'm not going to say what I'm saying is the right thing. I'm saying is what I do because of its convenience. The magic medicine is an over-the-counter preparation called Miralax. i never buy the brand name i always get the generic because it's right there and it costs 25 percent less miralax is a uh, substance which draws water into the stool mass and doesn't let it dry out because the constipation with parkinson's has to do with the stool being very dry and hard you need to use it on a very regular basis i confess that When I haven't had much trouble, I get kind of sloppy, and then all of a sudden I wind up with some days of really rough constipation. In fact, the stool of a highly constipated Parkinson's patient will not flush down the toilet very easy and often will stop up a toilet. And so, again, this is no laughing matter. It's a fact. It's a truth. Plumber's helper is necessary if you're not going to take care of your constipation very well. My approach is simply this. Take Miralax twice a day and start out with a use the measuring spoon start out with a half a teaspoon twice a day morning and evening i do it before breakfast and after my evening meal i like to mix it with juice i use pomegranate juice but i think prune juice is fine i like it better than water and i don't know why i think it works better i don't know why so do what you want but i take mine with pomegranate juice and then I gradually build up the amount because you want to reach the point where the stool is soft but not runny. When you overshoot with Miralax, you wind up with some problems, again, of hygiene. It's hard to keep cleanliness to the degree you would like because oftentimes then, if it's a little bit too uh, soft, when you're discharging gas, small amounts will come out and soil your underwear, and none of us likes that at all that's my simple response to how to manage the poop part and i do endorse the uh, nutritionally oriented among you who can find all kinds of really good things to do i'm not that nutritionally oriented so i just use the miralax so peeing and pooping i hope i have covered it now in a way that makes sense is straightforward may you laugh at incontinence because you conquer it and may you smile when Stools are pleasingly soft. Dr. Chris, and good day.